Hello everyone, welcome to Inspected Goals, the pod that tries to improve our FPL play for a more analytical approach. Uh, I'm Luke and I'm joined as ever by Sam. Sam's on wildcard this week. I just literally spanked mine last week for no apparent reason. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, had a good week. Um, yeah, and FPL was good. Yeah, I did I was, did, did well this week, which is nice. Feels like a change this season. Um, and yeah, didn't didn't wildcard. But that was, for me, it was a fairly straightforward decision. I mean, you've, you've said then that you spanked yours and you didn't need to. Do you think that was actually the case? <laughs> looking back, looking back, do you think it was a bit unnecessary? Oh, even if, even if you had have done well, or you've not done badly actually, or do you feel like it was also? I don't know, was it a bit for the sake of it? Do you think? Um, I think it's just because I had so much time on my hands that I just kept looking <laughs> at it, and uh, for me, it was EV positive, very slightly, or expected points positive for my team, but literally by like one or two. So, I think. Uh, forget the result. I mean, I put a tweet out about it anyway. I think in those scenarios, I need to learn to wait for the... The gain's not enough to, to therefore go early, right? Because the information that you will have gained, for example, I didn't go with Sanchez, but I was bloody close. That mm-hmm. could have happened to me. You know, Chelsea have sort of reared their heads this this week as well. Obviously, just anything could have happened in that week anyway. You know, someone could have got injured. Tony could have got a yellow. There was plenty of other reasons that I could have just held off for that little bit and my team was really good for that week I mean I was confident in the team I made those hits last week to get that team for this week aside from the Liverpool players like I thought the Liverpool players would be fine like most people thought they'd be okay but if you said to me would you prefer Salah or would you prefer Kane this week I would have taken Kane over Salah all day oh, all yeah. day yeah yeah so that, so that sort of factored in a little bit I guess um, so yeah I think for me it's not just because of the outcome I think I should have waited regardless because mm-hmm. I'm jealous of people doing their wild card. Although they're very, very similar as we're going to see. I think with that added information, that added week, um, it would have been good for me. And I mean, it's also, I suppose, just a bit of depressing when you get someone like Brennan Johnson and no one else in the community has got him. I think only Mark Southerns is the only other person I know who's actually got him. I think maybe one other person actually, but I'm sure. Any Sports Forest. Any <laughs> Sports Forest, yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's others, but I got him in that week last week, not expecting him to do anything because I thought he might do something this week and then you sell him before he goes and gets us a brace. It's just, it's kind of frustrating. Um, I would have ended up on 98 points if I was hit by a bus, but I don't even claim that because that would have been with Salah captain. I was was never going to captain Salah. Um, I probably would have done Darwin to Tony. That was was the most likely. However, Review actually really liked Pereira to Matoma. Now, if I'd have Mm -hmm. done that move... And then somehow got hit by a bus and Captain Salah. I'd have ended up on something ridiculous, like 115 points or something. But it's not, it's not, it's not worth thinking about. In the end, my no. wild card team actually performed pretty well compared to other wild cards. And when I look at what the real difference is, so I had Trent. I've switched to a stupid and you know, there's not much difference there. You know, Tony to Darwin, a little bit of difference. I had Matoma, but then I had Brennan Johnson. So again, quite similar. So really, the difference was Kane versus Salah. That was the big yeah. difference in my team. Um, mm. And I don't think anyone. I mean, we've been championing Salah and own Salah for nearly all of the season. And I love the guy and think he can do it any game. But to sort of predict 21 points is um, yeah, is probably not, you know, it's not within the realms of my possibilities at least. So it's a, that's about the difference in the team. It's just not nice, is it, to use a chip and end up getting less points. But it happens to us all and it happens every season and it will happen again, I'm sure it will. Yeah, 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 100%. I think that was really the... Um... Yeah, the, the main thing was Kane, and then yeah, the, and then because up until the Sunday, like even with that Kane blank, it was looking fine for wild carders. 
Like it was team dependent. Like generally, wildcarders were probably doing slightly better than non wildcarders, as you'd expect. But yeah, it was the it was apart from that, it was purely just Salah, wasn't it? And um, and it was also just quite a topsy turvy week. Like again, I think did you captain Haaland as well? I captained Haaland. Yeah, I was always going to yeah. captain Haaland, but obviously there's only about what was a four. There's two points in it, wasn't it between them? Yeah. Yeah, but that, you know, even that game, like when he finished. He didn't actually blank, did he? But he got four points. Mm. And I was like fully prepared for Saka to... You know, I expected Saka to return. I got, I got none, away with the that. Fact that. The fact none of their attackers returned is mad. Yeah, I got I, I got away with that. Bournemouth, Same, I mean, they got yeah, absolutely yeah. destroyed Bournemouth, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Mate, I got away with it as well. Um, and uh, it was really close. I was close on captaincy between those two. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth are really shocking in terms of the, the chances they gave up and the fact they conceded three goals... Um, and those three weren't <clears throat> Erdegaard, Martinelli, or Saka weren't involved in any is just completely ridiculous. Mm. And then yeah, with with Salah, um, yeah, I'm exactly the same as you. Like we've been, <laughs> we've had him for ages. I was the same with Darwin, so I, I actually did the Darwin to Tony move, but that's because I I I couldn't find a move to do with my team. Honestly, I was struggling. I knew I knew I needed to make a transfer because mm. I was wild I was wildcarding this week. Otherwise, it'd have been a really easy role. Um, and yeah, and um, Darwin to Tony was the only one that like really stuck out to me because I didn't expect uh, Man United Liverpool to go as it did. I, I thought that game would probably be one nil or one all or something like that. Um, so I wasn't particularly worried about not having Darwin. But yeah, it's just it's classic, isn't it? Because it's just yeah, it's just classic FPL. Like I didn't even I didn't even have him in sixteen when he scored a couple of goals. Mm. I've owned him from seventeen all the way through. Yeah, <laughs> and then and and, the, and and then he's um, sold him and then he's. Then he's got two goals again. Classic. But yeah, I, I, I was fortunate. I got more lucky that I was more lucky that other people wildcarded because I got 58 points, which is good, really good this week, but not compared to lots of other people who didn't wildcard who like kept Darwin, for example. It wasn't yeah. great. And if like loads of people hadn't wildcarded, I'd have been really it'd have been another really bad bad week. Um but that's just the randomness of football, isn't it? Like it's just 7 0 is just to, like completely bonkers. It was one nil at half time as well. Yeah, score six in the second half. I know it's crazy, but it can, it can. It's so funny, isn't it, when you actually watch a game? Because sometimes you watch a game of football and you think these people could play for like nine months and no one's scoring a goal here, and then you watch a mm. game like that and it's just every single attack and chance just flies in the net. Yeah. It just seems like it's so easy. It feels like every game should be like that. Yeah, because uh, Salah, like even the the chances Salah created, so particularly the one for Gakpo was like a big angle for Gakpo to score from. Mm. Um, and the assist of Firmino, like he played him through, he wasn't then suddenly clean through on goal. He had to take a touch, which was initially a bit heavy, and then he scored a difficult chance. Uh, and then, yeah, the, his, uh, the volley he scored, again, it's a pretty good chance, but actually it had to be a really good finish to score from there. Yeah. And it had to take a, like, a really nice deflection to bounce up for him. So, yeah, sometimes it's just what happens. Well, like, everything went their way. They had, they had eight shots on target and, and seven of them went in. Wow. Yeah, those have been coming yeah. off the bar, haven't they, in recent weeks for Salah? And yeah, then yeah, they have. Suddenly they fly in. Yeah, it's crazy. I think, um, I don't know, I suppose there's more to it than that. You just have to have a good season overall. But similar to your season last season, I guess a lot of these really swingy moments where there was like a big change between the field, you were probably on the right side of them more often than not. Like yeah, this, this yeah, season, yeah. it feels like I've been on the wrong side. Or to be honest, the last few seasons, it feels like I've been on the wrong side of them more often than, <clears> than not. Like far off. I wonder if that's just because you remember the real bad beats, but it does feel that way. Um I think honestly, the biggest difference is if you just get. Well, I mean, we know it is really, isn't it? If you play, particularly, you know, uh, I was going to say optimal then, but that word's not very liked in the community, is it? If you play uh, 
well, good fantasy football by what's on paper, then you, at the end of the day, you need positive variance to get right at the top end. There's no two ways about it. You need to be on the right end of some of these swings or just consistently have you know a little yeah. bit of luck every week or whatever it is um, to get right up the top echelon. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get it back again. You've already had your moment in the sun. That's not happening again for you for like another 15 years, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not actually. No, no I'm, that, sure that, I'm sure it will. I doubt I'll ever finish that high again. But um, I think um, it's a funny thing because I, when I play other games, like for example, like board, I quite like board games. Like I generally prefer board games that are more skill based. Um, just you know, I, I like the idea of like trying to, mm-hmm. like, it's that feeling that you've succeeded when you've won, etc., and people take more credit for it. Mm. But the random randomness within a game makes it fun. Like a roll, there's a reason there's so many dice games because that randomness makes for exciting games. Mm. So I, I think I normally, normally I wouldn't like a game like FPL where you can do so much, but it relies heavily on luck. But it's because I love football, and actually, yeah, it's that randomness like is what makes the 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 high so high as well. Because mm. any any incredible game that you have, you've always got very lucky. You never expect to outscore the field by like. Outscore the average by like thirty points, for example. That's always going to be luck. On top of that, um, and plus everyone's good. Yeah, everyone's so. good nowadays, aren't they? So if you're going into a, a game yeah. week and your team looks incredible, the chances are most people's team also looks incredible because they've probably got mm. to the same similar position to you. It's like Luke, Luke, sorry, go on, mate. I was just going to say there's a lot of chat in the community about the hysteria of the wild card this week, and I think there, pro- yeah, there probably was an element of that a little bit. But I come back to what I always come back to is if you're if you're at a certain level in this game in terms of engagement, the amount of time you spend on it, um, you're all presented with the same information. And I honestly believe if I was locked away in a room without that, I'd probably come to the same conclusion. Maybe not me, maybe because my team was so good and there was other, you know, the price rises and there are other factors. But I, I, don't, I think people give it a little bit too much weight in general for, for literally if they are an engaged manager. I think if you're just on the cusp, and you're tuning in to other YouTubers to find out what to do, and they're doing it. Yes, I think that might sway you, but yeah. but as individuals who like to think that they take ownership of their own team and they make their own decisions or whatever, I, I believe they would have probably come to a similar um, solution. You know, team dependent, of course. You know, if you come to the solution, yeah. you didn't need to lose it like you did. Um, mm. Then absolutely fine, that's cool. And I don't think we yeah. can then turn around like I can't turn around and say content creators made me play that wild card. Like absolutely not. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Yeah, wish I yeah. didn't, but I did do it. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I think, I think saying that people have done it because there's like a group thing, thing, or because of Twitter or because of content creators, you know, does a massive discredit to those people who play the game. Like, <laughs> just because just because loads of people have done to me, it's gone and it's gone badly, doesn't suddenly mean that, um, yeah, content creators are to blame. For example, like that's just like most people. Who put her engaged? Think it through for their team specifically. So yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's doing a disservice to people who like really enjoy playing the game, and like spend time thinking about it. Yeah. And like I just, yeah. And also, just there are people. There are plenty of people who didn't wildcard like me who are like willing to acknowledge that that Salah Hall was really lucky. Like it was. Yeah, it was really. It was, it was crazy. And like, I think it's important that we acknowledge that even when we, you know, we spend so much time talking about bad luck, <laughs> particularly this season. Yeah. Um, but no, it's important to acknowledge when you've been lucky as well. Like, it's just there's no way I expected that to happen. No, I mean um, we... at all. And yeah, it's it's like um, I've heard you um, compare it to like poker before, which is just like the perfect example, really, isn't it? Because you can constantly make logical decisions, and you do your best to learn how to make logical decisions and apply that as much as possible 
but ultimately you can get a really bad beat or get really really lucky and you can get drawn uh, pocket aces <laughs> or you can be on for something and yes exactly so <laughs> i'm getting shown up here for not knowing a lot about poker <laughs> I was trying to think of something you covered to it say. well for a while but the, yeah, yeah so, so on the river the river that's the last card isn't oh, it? Well done. yeah the turn in the river yeah you're almost there um yeah but yeah but like stuff like that's just completely out of your hands that's all you can do and um, you just gotta try and do things consistently as much as you can well <laughs> we, we were a salad two-pointer away from this from this game week being a non-event pretty much that that's the bottom line i think if salad gets mm. two points and people wild card Yes, it didn't do that good overall, but it's more about the setup and what's to come, isn't it? And even if he scored one, mate. Yeah. Well, even if he didn't blank, even if he scored one or got like 10 points. Because mm. I feel a bit like that. I, I think the majority who did wildcard, not the majority, but a lot of people would have had Darwin and probably done Darwin to Tony. So if anything, the event would have been, oh, Manoida took out Darwin for Tony. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. There's a, a guy in the chat graph, called Grafting Diamond is put. <laughs> So disappointed as someone who didn't wildcard in 26. I predict, <laughs> I predicted a 12 0 Liverpool win against United. So I was very disappointed to come away with only 27 points in total, <laughs> stung by negative variance again. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is the thing. Anyway, let's stop moaning and let's look forward because that's all we can do. Um, I've brought up the fixtures by our mate Ben Crellin as usual. Um, only up to 34. Obviously, he does go further forward than that on his planner and predict some of the 37 ones as well. Uh, I think I mentioned it last time as well, fpl.team, if you're not using that, that's very useful. Um, you can also load fixtures as predicted by uh, Planet FPL's James, who's um, pretty good at these sort of things, which has helped me to sort of uh, build in plans and visualise it. Um, so I, I've been using that as well. And uh, I don't know if you have, Sam, to build your wildcard, but we're going to... Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, you've been using it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good app. Well, do you use the desktop or the app? I don't use the app. I didn't even know there was an app until you. Someone told me they said that they couldn't yeah, load yeah, fixtures or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's like, um, it's basically just like it's very similar to opening the transfer page, um, on on yeah on on the Premier League app. But you can just skip forward game weeks. So, mm. the guy runs that's called Peter. Just give him a shout out. So give him a follow on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it's really really helpful because, um. It's just so hard to kind of picture that in your head otherwise because you you will see it on things like when you when you use review but then even on review you can't see the fixtures when you look at your team yeah. page so it just helps you really to visualize it and not just see numbers uh, but actually to see who your who your players are playing I agree um so I found that really useful um so did you use that use that a lot in planning your wildcard as well Luke? yeah I just... and, and, and how far ahead were you looking I mean, I did it the whole way a few times. I know I'm not stupid enough to think that that's what will actually happen. Um, mm. You know, anything can happen in that time, injuries, whatever. Uh, but I, I've always, particularly because I play other games like Sky, where the prices are fixed and you've got a fixed amount of transfers, I've always played FPL in the way where I've had a plan for, for a long time. And that's often been my downfall where I've kind of had something mm. in my mind I'm going to do in nine weeks and want to stick to it when really I should have changed it or whatever. Um but I still think it's useful to have, right, just to visualise where it goes. I don't think it's maybe as important this time, simply because we don't know some of the fixtures in 34-7. We don't know where that Brighton-Newcastle game will go. Um, you know, there's there's other factors, I think, the Champions League. That, you know, there's other things that are just, I think, can affect it more than we probably anticipate right now. So yep. probably not as important. Also, I was going to say the money. Like um, before, I'd, I'd want to look to say game week 37, 38 and think, right, can I have the perfect team for these doubles or in 34, 37? Can I have Salah, Trent, you know, Haaland, Triple Man City? Can I afford it all? 
And although mm-hmm. I have factored that in, because the money's a lot better this this season, it's probably not as important to make every sort of scrim thing. But it was a big part of my wild card. I will say that now because when I when I made my wild card in twenty six. I pretty much picked like the cheapest options I could where there was, an, you know, if, if a player was similar, so there was like a Shah or a Botman or there was uh, even Henry from um, from Brentford, I pretty much went for the cheapest option just because I wasn't, I didn't think there was enough between them to, to sort of go for the more expensive option because I wanted to save that money for later on if I do want to get all these players in. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you factor that in with your wildcard now, but. Yeah, I did that with a couple of options, but a couple where I went for the slightly more expensive player if I felt there was a good enough reason to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also I looked ahead just to check because there are a couple of moves that when I get onto it, that I want to make in 13-31. Where yeah, I'm like, I need like 0.2 give, for example, to be able to make the move. So again, you might just going with, I don't know, for example, Ward instead of Kepa mm-hmm. and freeing up like one and a half million or about a million um, in that one move is it suddenly gives you a lot more leeway. Yeah. So yeah, it really helps you to consider that for sure. Before I get to your wildcard team, actually, was there any consideration not to wildcard this week? Was it always the plan and that's what you were going to do? Or have you have you sort of looked at it since and thought there might be an alternative or it's just that's what you're doing? Uh, it was always the plan, yeah. So I, I um, instinctively, it's what I thought I should be doing anyway, just from looking at my team. I always try and make decisions before, wait, before I look at review. I kind of go to that afterwards just as I like to come at it um, just on my own first. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, instinctively, that's what I thought I should be doing. And particularly because I've only got, I've currently only got Brighton, sorry, only got Dunk from Brighton right. and no Bre- no Brentford players until I bought in Tony last week. Um, so I'd be going into 26 with, yeah, very few Brighton and Brentford. If I was to not wildcard until a lot later on, again, it then means that I'd kind of just need to bring in Brentford players over the next couple of game weeks because they double and blank. So it was really restrictive. Um, and just, yeah, my, my team in... And yet, yeah, for people in 27 who, don't know, have still got Trent and Darwin, again, that's a bit easier when they've got such a good fixture, whereas yeah. I sold Darwin last week as well. So that was another reason. So I, it was always the plan before 26. And yeah, that didn't change at all. And then, yeah, then I kind of ran it through review just with like default settings. And there was quite a significant difference, mm. even over like nine game, game weeks. Um, and I think as well, if it's... Um, if it's close and you can kind of bank those points earlier, I think there's kind of a lot to be said for that because there's so much uncertainty later on and you don't know how things will change. So if you're currently like really well set up for a bench boost or you can get really set, well set up for one with a wild card, for example, like doing it now just kind of makes more sense. If suddenly you get to 34 and that double doesn't look great at all and you've then got to wild card and probably have a really similar team to other people, that's really frustrating. So yeah, basically since it turned out that the later doubles aren't going to be very good. Mm. My my plan changed. My initial plan was always to actually go through from twenty to seven to twenty seven all the way through to twenty nine with no chips at all, uh, and then yeah, those FA Cup upsets happen and that just obviously yeah. changed everything. I think that was similar for everyone. I think I'd probably have done the same as well. Um, I was very much of the opinion that a lot of the teams, well, a lot of the teams that double in thirty four also double in thirty seven. So if you could get to thirty three and wild card, it made perfect sense. I thought till then if you could get through it, but it just didn't really mm. fall that way. I still actually really do like that strategy though. What well, just want to touch on that now? I know that, and anyone who's looked will see that pretty much our transfers, you know, sort of after twenty nine, so thirty thirty one depends if you're free hitting in thirty two or not. I suppose thirty three. You start gearing towards getting those players in, so the likes of Liverpool and Man City, pretty much, um, Man United as well. You could argue, um, you can kind of use them, but there's still only a limited amount, and it's still hard to move all the players and get the perfect ones. 
And <clears throat> using that FPL team, it becomes very apparent that there are many, many weeks where my bench just looks incredible. Like, <laughs> not, 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 yeah, just literally 30, 31, like 33, 34, 5, 6, 7, 38. Like, there is benching headaches every single week. Um, and even despite that, so that's one, I think that's one thing to say why I didn't want to use the wildcard late was because I thought, well, my team's good as it is anyway. It looks good the whole way through. I can make it and it looks good. But it's still not perfect, I would say, in terms of my mind of if I was able to wildcard in 33 and literally say, well, I'll have Trent, Darwin, Salah. You know, I'll have, I don't know, Edison, uh, Haaland, Foden, if he's in form at that point. You know, that sort of thing where you're literally going to pick the three best of each one. I don't know whether I'll ever get to a position where I'll be able to do all of that. I think I'll have to make do in some areas. You know, as we get there, because we just don't have enough transfers to sort it perfectly. Yeah, true. It's just if it's just depending how those fall, isn't it? So, for example, everyone everyone in thirty four, if that goes ahead, will already have three Brighton. You'd you'd expect anyway at that point. Yeah, you have to keep them um, pretty much the whole season now. I think. I'd imagine everyone will already have Harlan by then. They'll have got him uh, back in by that point. Lots of people will have two Man United because they'll have got them in in time for twenty nine. Mm-hmm. So that's like six or seven of your starting 11 already. Um, so yeah, it, it just depends how they fall, doesn't it? But even for those ones like West Ham, for example, where no one's like to own the players, they play Man City potentially within that double. So yeah, it just fell really unkindly, I think in general mm. um, with those. There was It was crazy, wasn't it? It was like a 1% or less than 1% chance of both Sheffield United and Grimsby both winning, which was the only chance that Kane would play in or that Spurs would play in blank game, 20, game week 28 and it happened. That was totally nuts. Yeah, well, welcome to FPL, welcome to football. It happens. Yeah, yeah. If it can happen, awesome. it will happen. Who would Grimsby be playing in the quarterfinals? I can't remember now. Oh, I don't know. Someone in the chat will say. I never keep up yeah, with the cup. Some, some, someone will tell us. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. massive that for them being the FA Cup quarterfinal. I, yeah. I hope they win. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's made FPL a bit less exciting and made more of us do the same thing. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, I just think one thing as well that I think you can't underestimate for anyone who's wildcarding this week is just to really think about 30. And 31 um, just because it's very easy to kind of just stop thinking as soon as you get to 29 but just thinking beyond that is really important and I can see you brought up my very very boring wildcard team there yeah you, you stole my phrase when you sent me this I was just like <laughs> I was expecting at least one juicy pick in there I think for you like Madison is that is that like where your spice is in the Madison because apart from that I was struggling I'll be honest to find any <laughs> yeah no there's not a lot of spice in there really is there um, yeah so it's well, I guess the kit, I just felt like, um, as I was doing, a lot of the positions, like a lot of people said last week on 26, you like picked themselves. Like there are a lot of picks that were just really, really straightforward. And it's just been like three or four I've been thinking over. And this is like by no means um, like finalized at all either. This is just where I think I'll end up. But even things like the goalkeeper rotation is really obvious. You're forced into having three Brighton for sure. And it's quite obvious you know, you're going to have three of four players, basically, or two of three attackers. Saka and Rashford are pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Apologise for the lack of spice, but I've not, <laughs> I've not picked them because they're highly owned at all. Because I think that the players will get the most points. Okay, well, let's start at the back then. Why have you gone for Raya and Kepa? Uh, partly because of the the rotation. Um, in terms of from now on, until the end of the season, in general, is really good. Um, so there's a chance I'll end up using both keepers. I think Kepa's massively underpriced as well at 4.6. Uh, Ray is a bit of a no-brainer uh, just because he's a way into getting Brentford players, which particularly for the next three game weeks, you've got double. They play one other people blank, then they double again. Um, 
there are other keepers I've looked at as well, which I can go over. And I'm not 100. That's not what I'm 100 set on. I'm 100 set on Raya, but not necessarily Kepa. Um, so I'm considering maybe um, like Pope and Gunn not going for another Newcastle defender. That's an option. But again, he's quite expensive. Uh, De Gea is definitely an option if people want to go there, um, particularly because they've got a really good double in 29 for the bench boost. And yeah, th- th- I think the one I'm likely to go to, which would be if I change my strategy elsewhere or if I realise I need funds for something further down the line, would be to go for Ward. Because actually Brentford's fixture in, eight, in 28 is really nice against Leicester. Um, so I can... Uh, he plays for Leicester. Sorry? Oh, sorry. Uh, Brentford's, sorry. Raya's fixture is what I mean against right. Leicester. So I'll happily play Raya then rather than Kepa. Uh, and it means I only really need Ward for the bench boost. And then Raya until the end of the season is fine. But yeah, I really like. I just really like the rotation with, uh, with Kepper. Okay, yeah, cool. I've brought up um, the top ten goalkeepers as per FPL review. We did it for it's nine weeks, isn't it, Sam? Yeah, I don't want to count that. Uh, I'll embarrass yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, those on the pod obviously won't be able to see it, but we've got Pope at the top. Raya, Allison, Guisa, Pricey Pope. Pope. Yeah, Kepper, Ramsdale, Ward, Martinez, De Gea, and Meslier. Um, Pope being right at the top. I haven't looked at the wild card myself for obvious reasons because I already <clears> used it, but Pope does come up pretty quickly, I think, in Solves, especially if you put in, put in uh, that Newcastle-Brighton game in 31 that James seems to think it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, the double's pretty great in that, isn't it, I think? Um, well, actually, no, it's not as good as that. It's home to Brighton, which you could say, I don't know whether you call a clean sheet in that or not, to be honest, the way Brighton are attacking. Mm-hmm. Probably brave. Um, and away to Villa. Uh, I think it's okay, though. I mean, it's... Definitely the standout defensive fixture of 31, just being the fact that it's a double. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's an obvious move. So you're not tempted to just start with him and then just save that transfer later. But you've already got the tripled Newcastle, I suppose. So that's the way you've looked at it, isn't it? The triple defence. Yeah, I've got the triple defence anyway. And then Raya's fixture, Raya's got Wolves in the 31. So I think, if, again, if Raya had like Man City or something, mm-hmm. it would make that, make that a bit more obvious. But yeah, a big thing for me with Pope is just the price. I just feel like it's one I could end up regretting and it's just a million I could have um, more to spend on my outfield that I'll potentially regret later. Yeah, that's um, fair. I think and also will... the the defence, that another big part of it is that Newcastle's defence is just really nailed and consistent. They just like never rotate it ever. The only reason Lascelles didn't play recently was because of the, the knock he had or concussion. So he just consistently plays the back four. So it feels like it's really... You know, you feel like you'll get to 31 of those three defenders you pick will almost definitely play as well. Yeah, Shah Char- didn't play and Lascelles did, didn't he? Yeah, that way around. Whereas with Kepa, with Kepa you know, Chelsea's defence is good. But again, for def- like um, defensive points, there could be so much rotation within the back. Back three, back four, back five, whatever it is. <laughs> um, but for for Kepa, he's gonna, you'd expect him to just keep playing. One thing I um, noticed is that Pope, he's 5.4, which is expensive. And people are probably going to shudder when I say this, but... If people are moving to the triple Man City, Edison's also 5.4, and he is, again, as much as he's been so bad, the obvious pick for Man City, isn't he, for all of the doubles and the stretch that you'd want him in. Like, he's the, probably the only one who you could say is going to play all of those games, especially of them in the late Champions League. Like, I think Diaz has got a chance, but if it's like a Everton or a Leeds game, I think are in between the Champions League semis, for example. We will be there. We will be yeah. there yet again. He's the, he's the exact same price. So I think for people um, who haven't got him or don't start with him or whatever, I think moving to Pope and then Edison might be a fairly common theme amongst managers. 
but yeah. It's, it's yeah scary even talking about it now to be honest it's making don't me want to think about it no. too much ptsd but yeah i but yeah i genuinely think there's a good chance i'll end up having having edison then but i hadn't i haven't really thought about that a lot until now actually that's a really good point um yeah that's something that's something i need to consider definitely and are you saying basically because of the price point you just know you'll be able to switch and afford it yeah it's, it's the same i mean yeah. it's not a massive factor is it but if you've mm-hmm. if you've already planned out like i said when we do and you've sort of plan i mean the bottom line is newcastle might get that might not get that double in 31 and then there's no point in bringing him in really at that point and it may completely change it might be 36 5 7 whatever there's loads of places that that fixture can go i think but if it does fall in 31 um it makes sense for my team i think to try and get pope and then move him on to edison later um for safety which is really depressing even thinking of it but yeah I can't I can't really argue any goalkeepers the other one the only other one I'd say is is like you I think De Gea serves a purpose early on but I think Shaw's just better so I just probably don't want to do that and then Ward would be the other alternative like you've mentioned I don't think I'd probably consider any others yeah yeah that's the thing yeah Right, let's go back to your defence then, because you have got the triple Newcastle defence, but that's for obvious reasons. Duncan, me. Why have you picked me over any of the cheaper ones? That's what I'm interested in. Uh, <laughs> bullet header. No. Um, yeah, the reason I've got me at the moment is because, um, yeah, it's, it's literally that. There's just more chance that if he does get an attacking return, um, it's going to be a goal rather than an assist. Um, but how much cheaper are Pinnock and um, Henry? Well, Pin- Pinnock's four point, it's either 4.4 or 4.5. I can't remember. Mm. Um, he's got pretty much the exact same stats. I'm not just saying it because he scored, but uh, it, for me it was either Pinnock or Henri, and of course I went for Henri. Um, I, mm. I never considered me just because he was too expensive compared to Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's probably one I need to rethink. But yeah, at the moment it's just because defensive goals are just so so big because they get six points, which is mad, by the way, that they get six points for a goal. But like that's just it's just huge. Um and his, if you look at their XGI for all three of those players, it's like almost identical, like 0.11 mm. per 90 or something. So pretty low for a defender. So yeah, I um, reckon going for going for Pinnock there and saving yourself, I don't know, mm. if it's 0.6 or 0.7, for the reasons I mentioned further, going further forward. I guess, yeah, because if, if, if they all had the same XGI and it was like 0.2 or something like that, that's where it might be worth going for me, actually, because you maybe expect something from all of them, but actually there's a good chance that none of them get attacking returns, isn't there, I suppose? Yeah, Pinnock um, plays at the back as well, doesn't he? So mm. he plays, comes up for the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. That, that's definitely one to rethink. But yeah, that, that's, that's all the thought that's gone into it. It's pretty. And I, the, the the thing that's probably worth chatting about there is actually why I've got me rather than like a Chelsea defender, for example. That's... And again, my, my, my answer to that is probably obvious, which is that. Do you know what? If if Chelsea didn't go through in the Champions League, I think I'd have James. I'm pretty sure, and no, I might even have James and Chilwell in there. Like it's just the fact they've got to rotate and still play Champions League football, um, at least two more fixtures in the Champions League at least, and just the amount of times that James gets injured is ridiculous. And I just don't think you could just don't think you could ignore that that happens. And not only that, but the amount of times he gets subbed early because they know that's the case. Um, but what about Chilwell though? Uh, I mean, surely the advantage this week compared to last week, one of them is that. Potter seems to have, and I know it's brave to say, stumbled on using the wing-back system, Chelsea looking a lot better, putting some wins together, um, and Chilwell playing consistently in that position. He's actually played quite a few times in a row now. It looks like he is back from injury, unquote. Because, let's be fair, Chilwell, he had a big injuries, as in long-term injuries, but outside that, he played. 
He didn't. Yeah. It wasn't like James where we've seen him come back multiple times from. He's had bigger injuries and smaller injuries, and just keeps getting pulled out because of muscle injuries. And you know they're managing him. I think they were managing Chilwell, but I think you could say now, Chilwell's management period is probably over. Like, probably, don't, yeah. Don't yeah, get me probably. wrong. You can get Potted at any point. Like, there's no way I'm saying if he's just going to play like a hundred percent. But I think that's part of that. His upside is that good that I think picking Chilwell is the real advantage of the wild card so far over the early one. And I just, okay. I personally couldn't not pick Chilwell at this point. Okay, now that's really interesting. Uh, and I guess you could also make an argument for picking him over Dunk rather than over uh, Brentford defender as well, because then that's an extra player who plays. I would then have eleven players for uh, twenty-eight, so that would be an option. Um, and but. <sighs> I'd then have to go with stealing goal, probably, which I don't want to do. That feels too risky. Um, so, yeah, Chilwell instead of me, or instead of a Brentford defender, is definitely a consideration. And actually going for two Brentford defenders is also probably fine, because their double isn't as good uh, in 29. They've got Man United as part of that double. No, I think um, I think if you go for a Brentford defender after 29, you pretty much don't use them again. And that's why I was yeah. saying about picking the cheapest one. No, that's because, a good point. That, because they'll yeah. just sit on, to, sit on your bench. And our mm. team's so good every week. You'll either end up moving him, maybe some people might move him to a Newcastle, like they might move him to a Botman if they get that one in 31 they didn't start, or you just leave him to rot because you literally need one spot in your team that is useless because the team is so good every week, like I said. Um, yeah, that's, re- that's a really good point, yeah. So I think you either go as cheap as possible and you just dedicate him to your last on your bench or you use that slot for someone like a Chilwell. Yeah, and using that extra money again on, on me just because he's maybe got a slightly more chance of a goal again. That if that goal does come, it's probably when he's not even playing for my team. He's probably not even starting. Probably. So that's a really good point. Yeah, and with Chilwell, it's, it, another big part of it is the fact that I'm bench boosting soon. Like again, if I, if there wasn't the bench boost, I, I'd, I'd be more likely to have him as well, just because the nightmare is bench boosting and then one of your players doesn't play any minutes, mm. and then you bench boosted three players rather than four players. Yeah. Uh, if you was to pick up an injury, for example, but yeah, it might be that I'm overthinking the how injury prone Chilwell is, and it might be something you have to look at as well. Because he's obviously had that major injury over the last year, but actually, was it how injury prone was he before that? I can't remember really off the top of my head. He did get another injury as well. He did, to be fair, mm. but yeah, it doesn't mean that he's you know he's just going to get get injured again. I don't think it was a muscle mm. thing with Shawell, was it? I think it was more a knee thing. I mean, that's some yeah, yeah, knee. Um, yeah. it's a risk okay, at the end of the day. It's worth it's worth thinking about because you know it all looks rosy, and you're you're right. If you use the bench boost in 29, and then he misses one of the games, and he gets a two pointer in the other one. It's depressing, but that I suppose that can happen to anyone. I just feel the upside appeal of him right now is so good, and he's hard to get to yeah. for other people that I would be tempted to go with it. And if it backfires, it backfires, and you just fix it later on. There's plenty of opportunity to switch out that defender for, like we mentioned, Man City later on, or whoever else you want to switch that spot to. Luke Shaw, you probably want to bring in at some point. Trent will probably want to bring in mm. at some point, and you've got that money. Is you can also say there's more money in that spot as well. Then it makes it a little bit easier yeah, yeah. to make that upgrade. I, I like it. So anyway. it's- that's a good point. And yeah, Luke Shaw's a, a good point as well because as part of my plan at the moment, which we'll come to, uh, I'm rolling uh, rolling the transfer in 28 and playing 10 players. Then in 29, I'll do Saka to Fernandez, And the other transfer, I'll probably do Kane to Solanke for his two fixtures, but that's not set in stone. And again, there's a bit of flexibility there because mm-hmm. Kane's got a good fixture anyway. So I feel like I've kind of got a spare transfer if I need it. Mm-hmm. So again, that maybe makes having Chilwell a little, little bit safer knowing that if the worst came to the worst and he got injured, I'd transfer him out. Or James. Mm. But I don't know if I can bring myself to go for James, I'm afraid. Well, Shilwell's not in the top 10 from review at the moment. I've brought them up here. No. Trippier, Trent, mm. Dunk, Shah, Byrne, Estupinan, Botman, Gabriel, James and Robertson. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if Chilwell, I haven't actually looked at why Chilwell's not in there. Yeah, the fixtures aren't that great from, from 32, really. They've got Man United. You've got United, Arsenal and City and Newcastle in four out of the last, like, seven, seven or eight games. Okay. Um, Brighton, Brighton the week before that as well. Liverpool is a part of one, is one of their doubles. Like, it's probably just fixtures. Yeah, they also blank in 32, don't they? So you have to take that out yeah. if you're free-hitting. That would change it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. so I, I, fair enough. I can see why. His minutes are probably Again. a little bit low. Okay, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, and then in terms of like triple Newcastle defence, again, I think it's just really easy to go for the triple the triple up because, yeah, there's the, the double in 29, but then also the um, uh, they're most likely going to double in 31 uh, as well and potentially, and they will do probably later in the season as well. So it's just helpful to have three of them consistently. You know that those three are kind of as, as nailed as they can be and there's kind of no other, there's no attacking options I want from Newcastle at the moment at all. Uh, and also that they're really like they're not that expensive, so they don't take a lot of mo- up a lot of money in your bench. Because even though it's a triple up, you know it's three players that will all play uh, in 28, and they'll all play in 29 when I bench boost. But actually, most of the other weeks, Trippy will play, and then maybe one of the others. Um, otherwise, they did they're just on the bench. Yeah, I think you can still hold Trippier quite a long time. Again, when I was looking yeah, at an FPL team, definitely. I think you can just hold him for the season now. But there is an argument to get rid of him. I think it's around 35 from memory. I think they play Arsenal or something. And then the rest of the games are like, okay, they're like Leeds, Leicester. In fact, let me just bring it up rather than guessing. Yeah, yeah Arsenal, it's Arsenal in 35, yeah. Yeah, then they've got Leeds, Leicester, which is okay. That's fine. And then Chelsea away on the last one. But in those 36 and 37, that's when you're probably looking to target you know, any, any Man City or whoever else you've not managed to get a triple up on at that point who starts double and stuff so yeah that's probably where you start bringing him out um yeah or just leave him in like i said uh quickly then i'll give this question actually from wing he says just one question i left one more brighton slot last game week in my wild card and still think McAllister is still better than march what do you guys think uh good, good well-timed question as we move on to the midfield as we move on to the midfield yeah you can see who sam went for i think and come in agreement as well so yeah McAllister for me to be honest, I think that Matoma and March is really close. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know what like it's, it, it is. It is really close if you look at the underlying data. Um, and yeah, but but for me, if it's, if you've got one to pick, yeah, McAllister because penalties are most people underestimate. Oh, hello! Can people still hear me? Is it my internet that cut, or was it Sam's? Let me know in the chat, guys. <laughs> I'm going to call him back again. Let me know in the chat if you can still see and hear me. I think you can. I'm just going to tell him I cut him off because he was talking shit. <laughs> Wind him up. Oh, it's Sam's. Cheers, Pete. <laughs> yeah, play along. Just say I got bored of him, so just, just cut him off. you got to give him some stick in the chat, guys, for this wild card. It is so boring, isn't it? It's unbelievable. He's not answering either. So I think his internet must have gone down. He'll have to break out the old um, Wi-Fi hotspot or whatever it's called. Oh, is he back? <laughs> Here he is. Was I, was I boring you, mate? <laughs> My charge had come out of the laptop and I noticed. Ah, but, rookie. Uh, rookie stuff, that yeah. is. I thought you'd, uh, thought you'd cut me off, but... Talking nonsense or something. 
it's funny you say that. I was literally just telling the chat that's what I was going to tell you. I just got bored of you and <laughs> click goodbye. Oh, you've re- you've you've redone all the sizing now. Now you're massive again. In, but it doesn't matter. People will just have to pick up yep. put up with your giant head. Right? Where where, where were you? <laughs> Yeah, uh, when we talk, I don't know what I was talking about when I said, oh, I can't M- remember. McAllister, oh, Matoma and March are quite similar, yeah. Basically, basically, penalties are really good. and Mc- Oh, yeah, I think I was about to say that McAllister is, um, uh, yeah, he's playing in a, a far, far more advanced role. People have heard, probably heard this all discussed last week for Wildcard in 26, but since McAllister's been playing number 10, his numbers are excellent. And on top of that, he has penalties. So I think it's just worth the risk that McAllister will keep playing in that role. In which case, at the moment, based on the short-term data we have, it looks really good. Yeah, Colm saying dunk over the Australia-bound Estupinan. Yeah, I've seen a lot of mention of that. Um, that's fair enough, right? It is It is literally the other side of the world. Um, so I suppose there could be something in it. But I don't know. I still think I prefer Estupinan just because even if he does miss that game, I just prefer his upside in general. He's playing in a more attacking role. But I completely understand having dunk because... He's like a warm sweater, isn't he? <laughs> you know he's going to turn up week in, week out. Yeah. And that bullet head is coming, right, Sam? It is coming. The only thing it's already come, mate, if it came in the FA Cup. Yeah. He's had like zero <laughs> goal threat this season as well, just yeah. out of the blue. He's always had like a, a pretty good for a centre-back goal threat. It's barely been yeah. anything, but I'm sure, I'm sure it will happen. You know what it's like. You go for the more attacking one and then Dunk ends up scoring, so... How much threat is there? How much threat is there to Stupinan's position? Because I remember in, in game week seventeen, one of the reasons I went for Dunk was because he, he was way more nailed. Which I guess he is more nailed now. But actually, how much threat is there to a Stupinan apart from maybe getting rested after the international break? There's pretty much none. I think at the time yeah. because I always went Dunk. One, they didn't sign someone, did they? No, I wanted to go a Stupinan at that point, but I thought mm. it was brave because um, first of all, he'd been getting subbed. He'd only just start signed for them. Obviously, had the new manager. Trossard was there to begin with, who was playing left wing back under Potter. Matoma had come on a few times and looked really good to me. And he, but he'd actually played at wing back as well, or on the left. Yeah. And it wasn't certain that he would go into that front three. And then obviously everything just fell into place. Stupinan started looking good. They got the new manager. Matoma went into the front three because Trossard left. And now it's just like a no-brainer. They just don't really seem to have anyone. The thing is, they could play Solly March there. Like... I think Potter played Solly March at left wing back previously, but they're obviously playing a back four, aren't they? So it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting absolutely roasted in the chat here for having a boring team. <laughs> I wonder why that is. Oh, yeah. Must have been me. Yeah, but it's just like, I'll just pick the players. I think we'll get the most points. Is that simple. And like, there's a reason the popular picks. Um, uh, no, don't, yeah. don't feel too bad. I told them to give you some shit while you were away. So it's fine. <laughs> You didn't chat about me behind my back too much, did you? No, no, not at all, no. Um, <laughs> I think Madison's probably the only spicy one. I think Rashford's an absolute no-brainer. I I mean, I'm going to bring up your plan here as well, quickly. It's, mm. um, you can see that you're going to move to Bruno Fernandes, like just about everyone. Well, I've got, the money in the, I've got the money in the bank to have Salah instead of Madison if I wanted. You know, I could have all... But I'd, I mean, I'd get this one great fixture from Salah, but then he blanks. Uh, then his his uh, doubles not great. He's got Chelsea and Man City. Then after that he's got Arsenal. So I really think for an extra fixture and better fixtures, I'm better off having Madison, or for it, you know, or Zahar's another one that's like maybe tempting, but he doesn't blank. He doesn't double in 29. Um, and I, yeah, I've just never ever done good of Zahar. It's not a Same. yeah. I think that's quite a common th- sort of feeling. 
David Campbell says Chilwell instead of triple Newcastle defence. That's a really good question. We're actually, yeah, I don't think I'd do that because, yeah, unless I went to Pope in goal. But yeah, that would definitely be a consideration if I actually went for Pope. It, Chilwell could probably take up that extra spot because that would be Chelsea coverage as well instead of Kappa. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I'm not sure if I like Madison, to be honest with you. I think the games are great. Mm, the, doubles, the games are really great. The, the doubles fantastic. Did you see Brendan Rodgers' quote today about him? Uh, no. It was something along the lines of, uh, he's on the pitch, so he's declared himself fit. Which doesn't fill me with confidence, considering he's a player who's been struggling with a knock the whole time and he's missed a mm. few games since the World Cup and he's clearly got sort of managing an issue. Then he says something like, all players are, how was it? All players are managing some sort of issue, but he's sure. on the pitch, so he's declared himself fit. To me, that reads, he's not quite right, but we're playing him because he's that important. And that would worry me. Yeah. Yeah, I just think the upside is so high with him. Like, if you watch him in game week 26, the amount of chances he creates. Oh, he's, he's of, good. There's no there's the no returns, about the amount of returns. The amount of returns he has over the last year. This week, his fixtures are difficult, but I can happily bench him. He's got Brentford, which is an absolutely fine attacking fixture, and then Palace and Villa. And it's, just, it's the Bournemouth fixture in 30 as well. So, yeah, that's that's the reason. But, yeah, he, he could be Salah, but I'd lose out on a fixture and have worse fixtures. And, you know, when I say that the fixtures are difficult for Salah, like, I still expect Salah to... He's still a great pick that week. It's just he's got two of the worst possible fixtures. Mm. So, you know, anyone playing Man City and Chelsea for any player, that's one of the worst doubles they could have. Yeah, um, I don't want to sort yeah, you out of taking him out because literally there, there would be no spice in your team if you did. So <laughs> I feel like you have to keep him in. Triple, you could go triple Brighton midfield. That's one option, and then dunk to Chilwell. I suppose you could do, yeah. Um, that could be fun. <laughs> the only thing with that is, again, I mentioned that I think you pretty much you don't have to, but it makes sense to keep your triple Brighton that you make now or whenever you make pretty much the whole way through the season. And if you're going to use three spots of those on midfielders, you're really limiting your choices because they are. It's pretty much yeah. the best position in the game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and particularly with play, when you've got players like Rashford and Saka, who are so consistently good, uh, having uh, having a third Brighton player, even for the double, even as soon as 29, suddenly that's suddenly Bruno Fernandes I can't get, mm. or I really want to get in 29. Um, so that's, that's yeah, I think that's quite a fun thing to do, but that's the reason I wouldn't do that. Like the other options, yeah, Salah, that, that is a possibility, but for the reasons I've mentioned, it would mean I play with nine players and the next game week, like I fully expect him to return against Bournemouth, but I'm not getting him for one fixture. And it's really tempting because it's right there and it's in the immediate. Mm. Um, but there's just so, I don't know who are the other options apart from Madison, Zaha, like Ward-Prowse. No, no, I don't like that. I, I, I think um, I think I'd either just start with Salah or, I don't know, because I haven't looked at the wildcard, it's hard for me to say. Maybe I would have Madison, but... <laughs> Um, and at the end of the day, if he does play, I think the game, Colm's put it there, if Leicester score, Madison will be involved. I mean, I don't doubt that for a second. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he plays, then it's all good. And it, everything seems to point that he will do. I've just probably been a little bit more paranoid. I think as we move forward, though, that midfield will start to change. And I think you'll see that, obviously, Bruno's going to come in for a lot of people, which is already planned for you. I think people will probably want to get Salah back at some point. And then eventually, I think... Where else do you go for Man City, right? If you go, I don't know. People might just say they're not getting Man City because when they get to thirty-four and thirty-seven, they'll be fed up with them. They're in Champions League. They rotate too much. Fine, fair enough. But I'll I, say per- that now. yeah, yeah, I personally would want one, and I think mm. it makes sense. Like I went Ake and Edison before; it was a disaster. I learned my lesson. If I'm going to gamble, I'm mm. going to gamble in midfield. I think rather than that. 
Um, so suddenly, yeah, if you're keeping those two Brighton, you're probably keeping the two Man United. You probably want Salah. You've already run out of spots for even yeah. that. Um, mm. So it, it is tricky. But anyway, I suppose that's too far down the line for us to worry about right now. Yeah, the, the, like the other thing you'll think you'll see some game week 27 wildcarders do would be, will be to go for Martinelli or Odegaard in that position. But that's even more similar to the game at 26 wildcard. Mm. It's just it's just one less player that doubles in in 29. Um, yeah. Um, Are you going to yeah, sell all your Arsenal? Is Saka going to go shortly? Yeah, I'm going to sell him in in uh, in 29 for Fernandez. Okay, yeah, no, I just remembered. Because yeah. I had two, I had a couple of plans I looked up on FPL team. One of them was where I kept him on the bench just by happenstance and played him every now and then. But the games were pretty bad. I think the general vibe... Probably, uh, chat, let me know. Is everyone else selling Saka and Odegaard? I mean, I'm selling... It's pretty, it's pretty, easy, it's pretty easy to because after 29, they've got Liverpool... They've got West Ham, which is a good fixture. And they've got Southampton in 32, but will be free hitting. Then they've got Man City. Then they've got Chelsea. Then they've got Newcastle. Mm. Like, I, think, I think it's a good time to get rid of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely, not, I'm definitely not worried about selling Saka. No. I'm glad you said that because that's my plan. But it still worries me slightly because he's so damn good. Yeah. I've had him literally the whole season, apart from the very start when I had Jesus, and we've already been through that. That you did that, <laughs> and it completely destroyed you. Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had him, I've had him every single game week. Saka, yeah, same. Right, let me bring yeah. up midfielders on FPL Review then. So these are the top 10 as per FPL Review for the next nine fixtures in terms of just pure points. So not points per million, just total points earned. And it's the obvious name. Salah right at the top. Saka, Fernandez, Rashford, Matoma, McAllister, Madison, March, Zaha and Odegaard. So, I mean, you're going by the book, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you mentioned March there. I, re- I really, really like March as an option. So just like for... For anyone who watched the highlights of the last game as well, it could have been any of those three midfielders that returned. It was just a really swingy game week, even within that game as well. So I wouldn't be worrying now if I had March. And I wouldn't be surprised if March outscores Matoma at all. It's just, yeah. yeah it's, I just think, again, the midfield options are pretty simple. And there's not, there's not at the moment, there's not man, that many of them because you're limited more to players who double. Um, and so that's why I've ended up where I am. Yeah, I, I went March on the wild card, but. The only reason I went for March is because he was cheaper. And I've already talked mm. about I've already, in my perfect world where I've got my perfect team and everything works fine. I need I needed his cheapness to make the team that I wanted. It's not going to happen and I'm probably deluded. I think McAllister's a better pick. I, I also slightly punted on the fact that I think McAllister might have ended up moving back and then I'd be depressed. And I thought if I just get March and Matoma, I know they're going to play those roles and that's yeah. not going to change. Whereas McAllister, you are gambling slightly that he will stay in that further forward position. But yeah, as of true. right now, like I think he's clearly the best pick personally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, he probably isn't gonna move back anyway. It's probably just me being paranoid, but Yeah. I don't know who other people I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what people say in the chat in terms of other midfielders they'd suggest. Because I really, really don't think there are that many options. No, I suppose you um, could punt on a Chelsea one, couldn't you? I mean, you could do. I Sterling. Don't, yeah, you could yeah. go Sterling. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't love it to be honest with you, but I think you could do. Um, outside of that, you know, I'm just looking at the the teams now. You've already mentioned Zaha. There literally isn't anything really that screams out, is there? I mean, you could, you could maybe go for a Buendia or a Villa or something if you were desperate, but. He, he just doesn't just... always play either, does he? I mean, the, you, if you were going to go for an, a Villa midfielder, you, you'd want them to be absolutely nailed, you know, have set pieces and pens maybe as well or something else to go with it, like basically be the equivalent of a Madison to, to sort of go there, but they just don't yeah. have that appeal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I just think it's not just the fact they're limited, it's the ones that you're limited to are really good. Yeah, that's the thing with midfielders. It's just that one. Yeah, I really like Madison as well. I know you're not as, as much of a bigger fan, but the rest of the others are like two bright midfielders. Saka Rashford, like, yes, yeah, it's really straightforward. There's not too much to discuss, really. No. Um, I've brought up the forwards. We, you've got the default forward line there, haven't you? Tony, Kane, and oh, who was it? Have you dropped Harland? I've forgotten now already. Let me go back. Yeah, yeah, T- Tony, Kane, Tony Kane and Watkins. Okay, we'll talk through the Harland thing then. Cause I don't that's think my that's... spice, that's my spice, no Harland. It is, actually. I completely missed that. Um, <laughs> I suppose maybe it's the obvious play, but maybe not. Yeah, no, so... I don't think it's necessarily obvious. Um I just think it's I can afford Kane or Haaland. And yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have Kane because he plays in 28 at the moment. And then I've got a plan in place to, to get Haaland straight back in game week 30. So it's not that I don't want Haaland long-term. I'm fully aware that Haaland can score four goals against Palace. <laughs> like, he can he can do that. But I don't expect him to. Um, and I think Kane was a great pick on game week 26 wildcard as well for that Wolves fixture. Um, but yeah, it's the fact that since that... Spurs fixture got put into twenty eight. He came just became a really obvious pick, and mm. he's just insanely good. Like he's he's just ridiculous. And I understand that Spurs aren't playing very very well at the moment. That's what so, I was going to say. Any worries there? Because Spurs. I mean, uh, see people talking about it. They have been dire, haven't they? Yeah, but they've been dire for quite a long time, and he's still been returning. <laughs> like, yeah, I think overall, if you look at the big picture of Spurs, like they're doing absolutely fine. In that, you probably expect them to get to the round of sixteen in the Champions League. And the fact they're fourth is really good. If they finish fourth, that's great. But actually, if you look at the last few months, uh, particularly the last, like, since Christmas and even just before Christmas, like, they've been really bad. Um, but Kane's still been returning. He's on penalties. He's one of the best strikers in the world. Like, he's just... He's, so I think I think it's a... Yeah, I wouldn't say it's an easy pick because, like, not having Holland is a bit scary, but it's nowhere near as, like, scary as normal because no one's going to be... Well, some people will, but very few people will captain Haaland. Mm. And I actually think you'll see a lot of people who wildcarded in 26 sell Haaland as well uh, in 28 immediately. So it's kind of only for one game week. And I feel like I'm just getting ahead of the crowd with the transfer. Yeah. Um, I suppose the thing is... Let me see if you've planned it out, actually. It's... Do you keep Kane? Or do you get rid of... No, you get rid of straight away. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. It's, it's pretty much, if you wildcard now, the process of exchanging Kane for... Salah or for Bruno isn't it that's pretty much the, the routes you want to go yeah. like I think I prefer Salah to Kane and I, well, I have all season I've not owned Kane once and I've owned Salah the entire season and that literally the first week I switch like everyone else Salah gets 21 points and Kane blanks like obviously that was going to happen but I think after this little period where it's you're right Kane is the more sensible pick right now it very quickly becomes you'd prefer Salah over him again wouldn't you um, from yeah. 31 onwards so yeah, I see, so, the, yeah. I see the route you're making to get it, though. It's on the screen there for people who are on the video version. Yeah, and there's this, there's just so much money in the bank. Because <laughs> I'm going to do that Kane to Solanke move in 29. I hope I'm able to do that. So now I've got... The only way I wouldn't do that... Well, I could change my mind and want to go for someone else, or if I've got another problem elsewhere I need to fix. But I'd really like to do that move, because then it allows me to do Tony to Haaland, Madison to Salah. Suddenly I'm back with Salah and Haaland again um, for the, for the run-in, which I really like. Um, with their fixtures and the potential doubles for Man City and maybe a double double for Liverpool. So there's a plan to get those both those players back in. Um, yeah, so it's only really like this week that's the risk of not having Haaland in terms of how I could be like really punished for it because mm. I, I really think a lot of people will just uh, do Haaland to Kane in 28. In fact, a lot of 26 wildcard cards have them both actually. I'm forgetting that. 
So yeah, probably a lot will bench him or do Haaland to like Watkins. Maybe. Palace, Palace are terrible, aren't they? But Man City have not been very good away from home. They've struggled away from home. Mm. I don't know sure. if there's anything in that. I mean, Haaland's still putting a few double-digit hauls away, like you you would expect. But yeah, he's a he's an absolute monster. Yeah, people uh, are saying about Almiron in the chat. Um, no, I, I think I think he's fine. We've we're a fan of Almiron on this podcast. We we don't mind Almiron at all. We don't, the fact that he's not. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of Almiron on this podcast. <laughs> Sam hates his guts. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't hate Almiron. He's a really good pick. I just just better because I didn't get on him early enough. Yeah, no, I haven't owned yeah, him yeah. at all. I, I don't think he's a really good pick. I think he's a fine pick. No. I think he's a fine yeah, yeah. pick. Yeah, he's definitely, he's, he's definitely underpriced. It was just that he was underpriced and then he was like outperforming his underlying data for ages. Yeah. But actually, his underlying data was also really good. So like, he's definitely improved as a player um, in this system at the moment this season and probably individually as well. Yeah, I'm not bothered about anything else apart from the fact he's cheap and his underlying data is now better than it was for, for, yeah. for a reasonably sustained period. Forget all what he's returned, he's not returning now, all that shit. I'm not going to care about that. Um, what I will say, though, is that, I don't know, Newcastle fans may know better than me, but is there any danger to Almiron at all? Because there's, we haven't really had Isaac and Wilson fully fit back and Almiron not returning points or getting goals and assists like he had. I know that might not be that important to managers, but sometimes I feel like they don't always just get, you know, if a player's just stopped scoring and assisting, for example, they might just affect his minutes rather than anything else. They might think, oh, I might try Isaac on the right wing and Wilson up top and then set maximums come back in as well. Uh, do we think he's just absolutely 100% nailed? Like, I wouldn't be totally confident, but I don't know enough about Newcastle to to say any different I guess yeah that's interesting I'll leave that how to old? the chat because I don't think anyone yeah. else is really considering him how, how old is he on the run? Oh, I don't know he's not that old though is he mid-20s well, I imagine he looks, about, he, looks, he looks like mid-teens <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a little boy let's have a look I'm going <laughs> to google him quickly I'm going to guess I'm oh guess god he's, he's older than I thought 25 oh that's what I said no mid-20s he's 29 so a little bit older is he than, yeah. <laughs> well yeah he's he must have a great skincare routine. <laughs> Looks like one of the turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually pretty, yeah, it's great to see how well he's doing. Like, even more so now. <laughs> I don't know how old he is, because he, yeah, I just love it when a player just randomly has a great season. Do you know what I mean? He's going to be a bit of a, bit of a cult hero at Newcastle, kind of whatever he does now. Twenty nine, mad. Who knew? Let's. Um, I brought up the other forwards as well, so I'll read them from the top. This is per FPL review, the best ones for the next uh, nine weeks. So we've got Haaland at the top, Kane in second, Watkins, who's not in your team, Darwin, yes. he is in your team, he's not in my yeah. team, Darwin, uh, Mbomo, Solanke, Havertz, Isak, Mitrovic and Wilson. Now before we went live, there was one man on the list I was talking to about. Have I not, te- have I not tempted you? Havertz. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have tempted me. <laughs> um, yeah, Havertz, Havertz, Havertz. I didn't realise how, until you were chatting to me, I didn't realise quite how nailed he was in terms of just how often he played 90 minutes apart from that one game he was rested in. So, yeah, that tempts me. But I just, I just love the fact that Watkins plays 90 minutes no matter what. And the fact he's on penalties. The fact Havertz is now on penalties as well is interesting. Um, yeah, like it's definitely tempting. But similarly, they're like... The reason Chilwell's numbers are probably low, uh, sorry, like predicted points are probably low, is again the fixtures aren't actually that great from like 32 onwards. Chelsea's as well, yeah. For the reason that he's really lowly owned, I guess it's tempting, but I just, I just prefer Watkins. 
and no. like he could easily the last couple of weeks like Watkins could easily have hauled twice I know that because I've owned him yeah this, not hold, sorry, no, he couldn't have hauled last week, but he had one big, really he, big chance he should yeah, have scored. One goal for a yeah. forward is often a, you know, a yeah. decent haul, isn't it? It's like a nine-pointer most of the time. Um, yeah. That's what Watkins does, though. I mean, <laughs> being a data a data podcast, I've got a vendetta against Watkins. He destroyed my season last season, or one of the, one of the reasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, literally eight games, six points I got from him, from eight games. It doesn't even sound possible, does it? There was COVID affected there as well, believe me, but... Yeah, I, I I do like Watkins as a player. I think he's fantastic, um, and the fact he's up, he's got pens. You won't hear me say like he's not a good option. I think he's great. I just think there is an argument to look at Havertz because he is more nailed than people think. At the end of the day, Aubameyang has just not worked out at all. Mm. Um, Bro, Roger's injured, and he pretty much. I mean, there is an argument he could play like at the end of the day. It's Potter. He could play Sterling up there. He could play Felix, but we haven't really seen that happen. So I don't yeah. think it will happen. He's literally played 90 minutes every single week since game week 17, pretty much. It was only the Southampton game where he was rested and he came on for 26 minutes and they lost that 1-0. They were awful without him. Um, it's, it's sort of the begin. It feels like it's the beginning of the wave for Chelsea like we already talked about. So the, mm. the appeal really is the fact that also the double is much better than Watkins. We know he's on penalties because he's literally told us and he took one the other night. I don't think he's like a standout striker who's just going to start banging in two or three goals either. By any you know, there's plenty of other options that could steal points from him. And his actual point returns, if you look at such things, are woeful. <laughs> I get it, but it feels like again one where I would want to take a punt on Chelsea somewhere. It never wasn't happy on the fullbacks for the reasons we've already mentioned. Maybe Havertz is the one where you could say, well, at least he's definitely going to play. Yeah, yeah. His, his ex mins I just looked then on FPL review are seventy eight. So obviously that's, that's pretty in, good, yeah. For a that's general. That's general. Do you, do you think they should be even higher than that? Sorry, they're seventy-three. The seventy-three. Think they be yeah. Would you? Do you think um, they should be nearer to maybe like seventy-five plus? Well, I mean, he doesn't. He hasn't really ever got subs. I mean, you can look at. Hmm. He, sorry, he does get sub, but it's like the very last minute. So I look at here, game week seventeen, ninety. So I'm just going to work up from game week seventeen. So we've got ninety minutes, ninety minutes, ninety minutes, ninety minutes, eighty-eight, eighty versus Liverpool, ninety, ninety, the Southampton game, which was twenty-six minutes, came on. Ninety ninety, yeah. And he, on review, so his X Men's a seventy three as default. So it seems low, yeah. It seems low. Reece James, Reece James is a seventy four. Like no, that doesn't feel right to me. No. Yeah, so that's that's something to consider definitely. I might have to have a look at maybe adjusting his his minutes and then running it and see what review thinks. But my instinct is not is again, is it's just the fact Chelsea aren't creating anything like at all. I know they're like they're massively underperforming their XG in terms of their missing chances. And we're usually way more concerned with creating chances, but they're not creating a lot either. They're creating like well, they one XG per game. creating that much, but the, the, the punt is that they will start doing it in the new setup, isn't it, and the way they're playing. Yeah. Also, just a nod to, to Havertz, because now we've got it, so I'm going by the FPL website here. His expected goal involvement is actually okay in these, like they had been dreadful not scoring a goal. But he's, he's got 1.22 versus Palace, 0.54 versus Fulham, 0.40 versus Liverpool, 0.59 versus Fulham, 0.66 versus Southampton in the 20 minutes that he played, 0.44 versus Leeds last week. So it's not like that's bad at all as him <clears> as him as an individual. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm like, <laughs> I definitely, I don't like. I'm not just saying. Do you know when someone suggests something, you say, "Oh yeah, we could do." Well, I'll think about it. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to force you into making the switch live. I'm just, making, <laughs> I'm just making, yeah. I'm just making the uh, 
you know, making the case for him. And if I was in this position, would I pick Havertz or Watkins? Like Watkins is easily just the safer option. I think. Yeah. Um, I think we already mentioned it, right? I know we don't go different for different sake. You want to pick the best team you possibly can moving forward. But given the pathway is now pretty straight and obvious for everyone because of the disappointment of the way the cut the fall and the way that the wild card should probably be played around here, the path is already set out for most of mm. us. It feels like the most of your rank earning relative to the other good players, not the casuals necessarily, it's probably already been done. It's already been made. Like you already had that period probably since the World Cup until now where depending on who you picked and who you did had the biggest effect on your rank over anything. Yeah. And from now moving forward, it's going to be very difficult to find these different players. So I think Havertz being at 3% owned over the likes of Watkins, like I don't feel like that's a massive punt. Like if Watkins goes mad, it's like, I don't think it's going to affect you. I think Havertz, sure. got, that's the kind of thing I, I think where I'd be more tempted. Yep. No, I get that completely. Yeah. If I think it's really, really close and I can't decide, that definitely might be the kind of thing I, that sways me. Um, but at the moment, because of what I mentioned before about the fact they're not creating chances. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But no, he's definitely a far better option than I thought he was. And I hadn't even considered him before you mentioned it. So I think that's a really, really good suggestion. And with Tony, Tony's just obvious, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is for <laughs> now. I think you have to yeah. get rid of him pretty quickly afterwards, don't you? Just the, the double, so, the yellows so. for the ban, the, the ban from you know betting. I don't even that's think why, he's... That's why it worked. Sorry, sorry, mate, go on. No, I, just, I, don't, I don't think like... I think he's fine to hold after 29 if he was to continue playing. Like The games aren't that awful, but I just think there are probably slightly better options. Like there is a, It seems like there's a, a reasonable amount of forwards at the moment, isn't there, that you could possibly go to? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Yeah, that's one of the reasons, again, I want to probably do that Solanke move, although it seems mental to do Kaminja Solanke, just for the extra fixture. And, and then it allows me to do Tony to Harland. just seems like really good... Really yeah. good timing to I do think, that move. I think we should talk about the Solanke thing, actually, because, we, again, we mentioned this just before we came on. And he won't be a popular pick because there are other forwards that are better. And he plays for Bournemouth. And, yeah. he, and he plays for Bournemouth. Yeah. But his double's good. And then after that, I think the real appeal of him is the fact that he's cheap and you can bench him. And then that means that you can play your five midfielders more often. And that's a struggle to try and work in. Again, if you go on the FPL team, it's mm. hard... Like your bench is just ridiculous every week, and Slanky kind of helps you a little bit because it enables you to play, for example, Bruno and Rashford most weeks with your double Brighton midfielders most weeks that you need to anyway in the doubles and stuff. Obviously, occasionally you could bench one, and then you maybe have that Salah or that Saka as the other person, and then you can yeah. have your two up front and just have three defenders. Otherwise, you, it's quite hard, I think, to, to sort of to, to play without that. And then also, yeah, if you want to afford, say, Trent, Salah, Darwin later on it becomes mm. hard to do that. So I think Solanke does serve like a, he's got almost a hidden value. I think is what it is, what he enables elsewhere in your team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Alex in the chat has just, has been mentioning Solanke saying that I could just have him instead of Watkins from the beginning. And that's interesting because this week I'm actually going to, I think, yeah, with that draft, I'm pretty sure I'm benching Watkins. I think he's my first son. Yeah. Um, yeah, he will be because I'll be starting Rashford and Saka. Both Brighton midfielders, yeah, and the three strikers, yeah. So, so I'll be bent the two strikers. So I'll be benching Watkins this week, I think. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, because I'll be playing Mad. Uh, who I'll be benching? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, anyway, if that is the case, then Bournemouth and Villa actually play each other in 28. Um, again, you'd prefer to have Watkins, wouldn't you? But it's not a huge difference. 
and then actually Solanke actually does have the yeah the better the no. better double of the two. He's, so he's, I could do that, and he, although I don't, although I don't need to um, do that to be able to afford to get Bruno, like Alex is suggesting, it does still save me a transfer. Yeah, the appeal the appeal of Watkins is for me the fact he plays Bournemouth in twenty eight at home, which is a better fi- fixture than Solanke's. Obviously, Solanke's playing away to Villa, um, so they're playing each other. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a terrible fixture, but Watkins is better. And then in thirty, he's home to. Forest, which Forest yeah. away are pretty terrible. That's fine. But other than that, I'd much prefer Slanky for the reasons I've mentioned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he has got well, a better so level. That's interesting. So you'd go for Slanky or Havertz from the beginning? Yeah. Instead of Watkins? I, yeah. I would, to make a difference. I think the Watkins is the obvious one. But Review prefers Watkins, and who am I to argue? So. Mm. Yeah, it's because it is that, I guess, is the blank victory against Bournemouth are so bad defensively, aren't they? Yeah, but it, prefer, it prefers both Slanky and Havertz to Watkins in, in 29. Yeah. Yeah, see, Spartan's mm. saying me to Pinnock and Watkins to Slanky and you're good to go for the future moves. Yeah, see, that's that's more like, that's what I was thinking. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So you think you'd go with Slanky rather than Havertz? Or it would be one of those two, basically? Yeah, it's hard, it's hard for me to say until I've sat down and started yeah, looking at it. But for my team personally, like, I was looking at how I can get Havertz in and I can do it, but it then affects me later on where I'd probably have to take hits or whatever but this is again if it, everything went perfectly as I imagined um, and so just going to Slanky just saves a load of headaches so in reality I'll probably do that and then what normally happens is like players like Sariba Brennan Johnson Havertz who I've said I think are going to do well I don't end up getting and they do do well and I just beat myself up so that's probably what's going to actually happen here yeah 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 Alex is saying that it's not well it's not that you can't afford Bruno but you will want Bruno to sell it after that yeah, it's a good point. I, I still already plan to get Salah anyway to do Saka to Salah instead. Um, but yeah, either way, it's freeing up money, isn't it? And it might allow me Trent as well, for example. So yeah, it is, it is a good point. It, like a long term, just in saving a transfer by going straight to Solanke could be a good idea. Free up the money, save the transfer, and that's just another move you can make a week earlier, which could be a player like Trent, for example, in, I don't know, 30, in 31 or something like that. There you go. I like um, it. What about Mitrovic? Yeah. Are people got plans for Mitrovic in the chat? Because... He's been annoying as hell. There's no two ways about it. Um, but he's run from 29. I don't think anyone's going to get him in 29 because there's players with doubles, but it's away to Bournemouth. And then after that, it's home to West Ham, away to Everton, home to Leeds in 32, where maybe you free hit anyway, away to Aston Villa. Then he's got a, a double, which is a terrible double, but it is a double, and there might not be that many in 34, Man City and Liverpool. And then he's got three great games... Leicester at home, away to Southampton, home to Palace. So I think he is just a, a really tempting option for that run. I don't know. When I looked at my team and, and planning it, I couldn't work out how to get him in easily because there's just there's other good forwards that we've mentioned that also go along there. You're almost certainly going to have Haaland throughout most of that period or get him back off at Southampton, I would have thought. <laughs> you know, you're probably going to end up having either Watkins or Solanke. And then Darwin Nunes becomes a pretty good pick, I think, as well, from 31 onwards. I think it's yeah. someone that I'd probably want. And obviously Kane is just, you could just hold him the entire time anyway if you wanted to. But Mitrovic, I guess, will be appealing to most people for that run, maybe, if they can forgive him for his past sins. Yeah, I guess I've not really considered him because if I do go for him, it'll be a later transfer in. It's just a, it's more of a long-term thing. Mm. Uh but yeah, I would love to have yeah eventually have Darwin back. Definitely, 
that'll win Mo Haaland for the run-in. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. I wonder what it will look like when Liverpool get... I mean, I don't know if he will ever get up to speed fully this season again because he had a bad injury, didn't he? But if Diaz is back to his best, Nunes is playing arguably his best football from the left wing. I don't know, that's debatable. He's played very well up front as well. But you would imagine it would probably be Darwin Nunes up front with um, Diaz on the with left Diaz, and, Salah, yeah. and Salah on the right. We haven't actually seen that yet, really, have we? So Yeah, depends how Gakpo does between now and then, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. One for the future, I guess. Yeah. Um, should we just chat about captaincy? Yeah, why not? Um, I mean, I don't have McAllister, but if I had McAllister, he'd be my captain. Would he? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think he would be. I think you've... <laughs> I think the way Brighton are playing, I think the games that they've got, the position he's in, it's been mentioned a million times. Like His historic data is not great, but the fact that ever since he's been in that role, he has been fantastic. I think we do have to react a little bit to it. It is similar to the, almost like the Gundogan thing with Man City, where that's almost like a positional change has caused him suddenly getting high volume. Um, yeah. You know, you can't say for sure that that's going to continue because it is a short sample, but it would be pretty coincidental at this point that it was just jam that he turned out his best numbers from moving into that position um, yeah. straight away. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's just clearly the the obvious pick if if you've got him. I I, I wouldn't even debate it. Like Tony is fine. I, I get Tony. I think that's that's cool. Maybe it's part of the experience is owning Tony myself. He's just been a painful hold the whole season. He just doesn't seem to. People keep I keep seeing this mention of he's a talisman and all this stuff, and it's like. Well, yeah, he does score the majority of goals for him, but trust me, there was a period for, there for Brentford where they had like seven, eight games where I had him, and he literally scored like one goal. There was, there was some of the games were winning like four 0 when he wasn't getting a goal or an assist, in it, and Boma yeah. was doing everything. Um, so I'm not sure I buy that any of that talk particularly. The, the appeal is obviously the fact that he's going to play all the games and he's going to he's going to be on penalties, so I think he's fine. But I just prefer Brighton as a team, so I think I'd go McAllister. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm on Tony at the moment. So slightly different, um, but I, I just, I just think it's just think it's, I just think it's a lot closer than you do. I guess they're both on penalties. Like Tony, you just know you're going to get 90 minutes out of him in every game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really, I just think Everton is still awful, and it's the fact he's got Everton and Southampton. I think they're just like they're both just horrendous teams. And I know Bright, I know Brighton's is good as well, but I slightly prefer the Brentford fixtures. Um, but I, I think I think it's close. Um, it's 100 percent crazy. I think Review now prefers Tony. I think I saw it was on Matoma at the beginning of the week. I don't know if it's now Tony. I haven't it, yeah. run it recently, but it's it's very close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If it's, I don't know. I think you can make good reasons for both. I think there's similar reasons for both as well, like good underlying numbers, both on penalties, both good fixtures. Yeah, but I just wouldn't discuss anyone outside of them really, outside of a bright a bright midfielder or Tony. Uh, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother going for anyone else personally. But I mean, yeah. if people want to, they can. But I wouldn't bind. Even if you got Salah, I wouldn't captain him over any of those players at all. No, and obviously March, Matoma, or any of those could easily do fantastic. You know, this is it's one week or two weeks of football. The variance is incredible. They are good picks in their own right. Um, but I just think it's a no-brainer to go for the player who's just got similar stats, but then also has the penalties on top. I just don't know why you would do that to yourself, particularly. I think, yeah. like, if Matoma scores more or whoever the other one you probably got from Brighton, then so be it. I think I still think the sensible play is to pick the penalty taker between whichever one you go for. 
you know if you're trying to be yeah. different for the sake of it for the reason of catching up and you want to increase your variance and all that then I don't particularly have a problem with it but I think if you're just trying to play for the most points you probably go for Matoma or Tony um, sorry McAllister or Tony yeah yeah and um, it's probably not even anything to discuss with regards to Man City is there with this week really no, I don't think anyone's looking to buy them, are they? Uh, for obvious reasons, probably getting rid of them or anything and then getting them back later. So there's not much to talk about. There's no point. I'll just do my usual thread. If anyone wants to DM me and ask me, then they can do, but um, I'll put up the usual thread. Or if anyone's got a question in the chat, they can put it in quickly. But yeah. Yeah, there probably will be the odd person who's like planning to wildcard in 28 and is like held Mares, for example, last week and they just want to get your thoughts on that. So yeah, I'm sure they're. I'm sure there will be um, uh, there will be people who want to want to know that. Um, I'm just looking at some of the the chats about captaincy. FPL Spartan says Tony has a 73% goal involvement when Brentford score. Points shared between Brighton Hove Albion players. So he's I'm, going. For, so he's going for Tony. I wish I benefited from that. Believe me. <laughs> uh, same reason as Spartans. He's probably my only Brentford coverage in 27. I won't have McAllister. But might have captained him instead of Tony. Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's pretty clear that it's close, isn't it? To be honest, mm. so that means that one of them will get three penalties in two games, <laughs> and the other one will get injured after twenty minutes. Yeah. I, I don't believe this is a thing, right? Because I, I just don't. I do not believe it works like this. But Tony has. If you go look at his returns and you look at him, he is a very strange player. It's like he will just blank so many weeks and then just hit like a 15-pointer or a 12-pointer. Like a lot of his points have come in clusters. I don't believe that's a thing at all. I think it's just the fact that he's a good pick and his expected goal involvement's good. Like, ignore that. But it is just really strange how it's worked. And I suppose maybe a lot of strikers are like that. You could argue Haaland's been a bit like that more recently anyway. Obviously, he was just concerned returning every week to begin with. But... Yeah, I think with him, there's been just these huge clusters. Usually, sort of, if he gets a goal and gets a penalty in a game, he gets his sort of 12 or 13. And otherwise, it's like yeah. a one or a two every single time. And it just, it would not surprise me at all if Tony just got two and one in these two, in these two games. I just, the guy, uh, I'm, having a tr- I'm having a problem this season with vendettas against players. And he's another one who's just <laughs> rubbed me up the wrong way. I held him for like the great, like a really good run of four games when no one else had him. He just did nothing. So frustrating. Yeah. I don't know if I've owned it. I can't remember owning Tony this season. Was there a time when lots of people owned him? Um, this season? I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm not sure. Maybe at the beginning. but Yeah, I'm trying to, trying to remember. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've owned him this season. But I, could, I could be wrong. Uh, Stefan says, what's Tony's yellow card situation now? He's actually on eight, eight, yellow, eight yellow cards and he's 10 for a ban. So for the upcoming double, it's not a concern, which is good. Yeah, I think but he... Obviously, obviously Obviously, there's a chance he wouldn't play in 28 if he got booked in both games. Yeah, I'm not sure what game week it goes to. Colm's in the chat. I saw him do it. I think he did a tweet about it earlier. I have to remind myself. But, uh, yeah, you don't need to worry about it right now. It goes to the end of the season, doesn't it? It's not the midway point, the reset period. I don't know. That's what I thought. But then I saw a tweet where, I don't know, maybe I confused myself, that he had to make and it to a certain game week. But... In the championship, if you get if you get five yellows, it's a one-game ban. If you then get to ten, it's a two-game ban. I don't know if that's the same in the Premier League. So would he miss two games if he gets to a tenth yellow? I think so. I think that's pretty yeah. certain. But I think there might be another cut-off. Colm or someone in the chat saved me from oh, embarrassment. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Maybe I'm making it up. Either way, for captaincy, it's not something to consider, thankfully. Because it would have been, yeah, it would have been, well, it made captaincy a lot a lot easier if he was one yellow card away from a band just to not risk it, mm. basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I suppose that is the other factor, though. He is a striker that does seem to get yellow cards. Like, should we factor that in? It seems to have just been ignored. Like, the fact that he, yeah, he could get a ban, fine. But he seems to pick them up quite regularly. Eight's quite a lot for a forward. Like, do you factor that in when you pick him as a captain over a double? Do you think, or do you think it's just not worth bothering about? Because a yellow card as a striker, well, I suppose it's any position, one point, it, it can be quite quite an impact, can't it? The yellow cards are quite devastating in this game to bonus points, aren't they? Yeah. There you go, the calf is 32. Oh, yeah. 32. So I was right, there was another calf, okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. Um, great, is there anything else you wanted to chat about, Luke? No, I think that's it. We've been going an hour and 20, haven't we? So I think we'll wrap what? it up. Well, what are your plan moves? Are you planning to just roll? I'm just going to roll. Yeah, I'm just going to roll. Uh, like I said, I don't have McAllister. So the sensible play is to go Tony. We'll find out whether uh, whether I can do that to myself again or whether I'll just try and increase my variance and go with Matoma or March or something crazy. But Great. I'm not sure yet. And off the back of this, like I'm definitely... I think it's likely that Chilwell will be now be my latest draft draft. We I've had so. my mind changed. I've had my mind changed on that. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm still going to go with Madison though. Yeah, and I'll take time to consider whether I just start with Solanke or go for Havertz as well. They're the kind of three areas I'm now kind of thinking through a bit more. Yeah, and what it says both bench boost 29. Yeah, that's the plan. Bench boost 29. Yeah. I will say on that actually before we go, I think if we get to 29 and something's happened where there's an injury or player's been dropped or whatever a snowstorm a snowstorm whatever yeah <laughs> um I, no, no, obviously it's that bad then no one's going to hit it but i wouldn't force it because having looked at that fpl team and gone forward to 34 and 37 these other weeks there's so many weeks when my bench just looks ridiculously good and sometimes it will have to come to the point where it might even have an extra fixture on there as well like possibly a player with a double like especially the goalkeeper but most of us will have like two of them maybe so I think that'll be an argument where at that point you can probably comfortably save it and wouldn't be surprised at all if you know if you've got like a Brentford defender for example that you're bench boosting in 29 those games aren't good enough I would say where they would he would outscore like I don't know a slanky home to Leicester later on or something it's it's like relatively close I would say so I don't think it has to be yeah. forced Yeah Panthers desperate for me to pick Salah <laughs> Salah old spice pick to boost 29 numbers <laughs> old, old spice I prefer the new spice of Watkins. <laughs> I think you're going to have to go back through the chat. There's been lots of comments here on how you could change and have a look at it. So, yeah, have a look yeah, and yeah, see if there's anything be, good in it. Yeah, I'll definitely be reading reading that through. And, yeah, feel free. I'll, I'll stick around in the chat as well to answer any questions people have via text as well. So um, feel free to stick around. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. If you could hit like, that would be most appreciative. Um, yeah, put any more comments that you could afterwards on the video and share it for us. That would be... Uh, most appreciated Uh, we'll put out a tweet for the podcast and stuff and thanks for joining we shall see you on the next one great yeah thanks very much guys see you